What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's WGC Dell Technologies match play. This is by far my favorite week of the year. It's not only a change of pace where a lot of the best golfers in the world get together, but if you're playing fantasy golf, this is easily the most exploitable week of the year. I'm not exaggerating. You're going to want to sit tight. I've already gotten the tweets. I'm not playing this week. It doesn't look like that much fun. Yada, yada, yada. If you're not playing this week, you're leaving money on the table. I'm going to describe in great detail how, with no skill whatsoever, you can create optimal lineups and give yourself a much better chance of winning a lot of money than your peers who are going to screw this up. And for all of you saying, Rick, don't give away the secret. Don't give away. I, I, I've been doing this for years. I've been banging the drum for years. The general public, it's, it's not getting any better. In fact, it might be getting a little bit worse. So we have a huge edge this week. Now, it is... March Madness, it's brackets all the time. Um, there is a bracket challenge on PGATour.com under their fantasy section. So you can create groups and you can enter your bracket right now. There is a Rick Run Good bracket challenge. The link is in the description. The password is TIGER, all lowercase T-I-G-E-R. And last year, we had the single largest private contest on PGATour.com. I want to do that again. I want to continue to be a thought leader in fantasy golf. I want to continue to show the PGA Tour that we can make a lot of noise and that this is important to us. So go ahead, click the link, join along, and I'm going to fund some prizes here. So last year, it was just way more people than I imagined were going to play. I was just throwing everything at it. So here's what I'm going to do. First place, if you win the whole thing, a year subscription to rickrungood.com, and I will send you a swag box. Second place, a six-month subscription to rickrungood.com, and I'll also send you a swag box. Third through 10th, Rick Run Good monthly subscriptions, and if you are the finishing position of whatever the seed for the winner is, you're also going to get a six-month subscription to rickrungood.com. So, for example, if uh, Sepp Straka wins this, he's the 66th seed. If he wins this and you finish 66th, uh, you win the six-month subscription. So just a nice little way for, for randomness if you're not at the top of the board but close enough. Um, so please go and join that right now, and uh, we will again try to be the largest single private league that PGATour.com has to offer. All right, let's jump into this. Everything you know about fantasy golf, throw it out the window. It means nothing this week. It is a completely different animal. And I'll be real with you, how you pick your golfers and the way that you pick your golfers is way more important than the actual golfers that you pick. This is a random-ish event. I'll get to I'll get to that in just a minute, but we have to start with the scoring. It's not birdies and bogeys and birdie streaks and all that stuff. You're getting points this week for holes 1, 3 points. You're losing points for holes that you lose, 0.75, holes that you don't play in victory. So if you really beat the crap out of your opponent and you don't have to play the final five holes, you get bonuses for that. So this is all about opportunity. The name of the game this week is opportunity. And with the way the bracket shapes out, there is a lot of opportunity for people to screw this 
up. So um, make sure you understand the scoring for this week. Again, it's holes won, holes halved, holes lost. If you don't know what match play is, um, I'll try to describe it to you here in the next segment. Let me show you the bracket. The bracket in all its glory. I'm actually going to get myself out of the out of the frame here so that you can see uh, you can see everything. I will link this bracket in the description. So you can come in here and you can see this and I'll move the golfers along and I'll, I'll throw in their odds to win. I've already got their DraftKings salary in there. But the way that this works is they took the top 16 seeds and they placed each one of those golfers in their own group, groups one through 16. And then they did essentially a random draw to fill out those groups. So now you have a group, for example... Uh, group number one, John Rahm, Patrick Reed, Cameron Young, Sebastian Munoz. Those four golfers are all going to play each other round robin in the first three days. That means Rahm is going to play Reed, Young, and Munoz. Those three golfers each one time over the first three days. When everyone has played everyone else, the golfer with the most points is going to win the group and advance. So a winning your match, that's worth one point. Having your match, tying it, that's worth a half a point and losing it, of course, zero points. So whoever has the most points after those first three matches is going to move on to the Sweet 16. If there is a tie, they will play a sudden death match on Friday afternoon. It's incredible drama. Match play in itself, so much different than stroke play, right? So much different. Stroke play, you you really have to be perfect all the time, and it's you against par, and then how the leaderboard shakes up. Uh, this is completely different. You can play awesome golf and run into a buzzsaw. If I make a three and you make a two, you win the hole. And then on the next hole, if I make a four and you make a five, I win that back. We're all square again. And after 18 holes, when it's all said and done, whoever has more holes won, uh, wins the match. That's how match play works. It's phenomenal stuff. And it tends to create a risk-reward situation. The really volatile guys are actually pretty good in this format. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the actual guys, but we've got to talk about this bracket here. It's so incredibly important. So each of these groups is going to produce a winner, and then they're going to enter the single elimination stage of this. So once you get into the Sweet 16, for example, let's say John Rahm moves on. Let's say Brooks Kepka moves on. They will play each other in a match for the Sweet 16. The winner will advance. The loser will go home. Uh, the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8 are both played on Saturday. So... You play a lot of golf in this. And then if you make it to the final four and the championship, you're playing two more rounds of golf on Sunday. So to win this, win this whole bracket, to win the whole thing, you need to play seven matches. It's a lot of golf in a short period of time. But here's the real kicker out of all of this. Let's go back to the word opportunity. That is what this is all about. Um, what the worst possible thing that you could do in your fantasy lineups is to create lineups with two golfers from the same group. For example, John Rahm and Patrick Reed in the same lineup is a big-time loser because they're going to play each other. Only one of them can win, or I guess they could have their own match, but only one of them can advance to the Sweet 16. Okay, that makes sense. Even though that makes sense, a lot of people are going to screw this up. Additionally, um, let's go deeper than that. Because not only do you not want golfers from the same group in the same lineup, you don't want them from the adjacent group 
either. So for example, group one, whoever comes out of group one is going to play the winner of group 16. Well, you don't want two golfers in your lineup who, if they do make it out of their group, are going to inevitably run into each other in the sweet 16 because only one of them can move on. This is all about opportunity. So what you need to do is you need to build lineups that will not take more than one golfer from each one of these adjacent groups. So for example, you could start your lineups by picking one golfer from uh, uh, group one, one golfer from group five, one from six, and one from two. That way, you have an opportunity to get as many golfers to the final four as possible. Now, in re in recent years, um, we have kind of done this strategy where it has been, um, you know, have three guys from each side so that there is a chance that they can get to, the best chance that they can get to the final four. That's not entirely necessary. So we ran the math on this and basically just what you need is you need four clean paths to getting your golfer to the final four. So if that's four on one side and two on the other, that's fine as long as they're not coming from those adjacent groups. I know it sounds a little bit confusing, but I'm going to give you like a cheat code here in just one second. Um, let me describe what happened to you. So last year in now the third year of me banging the drum on this and trying to um, really say, hey, make sure you have these lineups built optimally. I have the figures here. Only 78% of lineups last year had the ability to get four golfers to the final four because they built in a way that their golfers would run into each other before the final four. So right away, 21% of the lineups are dead. This is now a rake-free contest, right? 21% of these lineups are not winning all the money. We are now in a rake-free contest. The, the big-time goal, because you have six golfers in your lineup, is to find a way to be able to get six golfers into the Elite Eight, right? All six of your golfers having a clean path to the Elite Eight. If they eventually run into each other there, that's fine, but you're going to get to the, like that's That's the goal. Uh, let's see, only 61% of lineups last year, 61, a little more than half, had a clear path for their six golfers to go to the Elite Eight without running into each other. Think about that. Think about that. Nearly half the entire, con all the contests on DraftKings were built suboptimally. And you are shooting yourself in the foot. So even if you're building worse lineups than everyone else, but you are doing it optimally, you are already at a leg up. It doesn't matter if you're picking the wrong guys. You're at least giving yourself a chance. And I'm going to show you a really simple way to do this because I, I know what you're probably thinking. You're probably thinking, Rick, this is crazy. How am I going to do this? Because in years past, um, I've built 150 lineups by hand and I've gone from quadrant to quadrant, making sure that they don't run into each other. And I'll tell you what, it takes hours and it, you're, you're, you're going crazy by the time you get to the end of it. I have a solution for you. I'm proud to announce that the Rick run good match play lineup optimizer is again, live on rickrungood.com. And this is a, a, a lineup optimizer and big shout out to Colton, who is, who, who I work with on this, who's, who's able to get this up and running. He's phenomenal. And what this allows you to do, what I love about this lineup optimizer, and you've seen this before if you're a longtime member of rickrungood.com, is you can kind of do really anything you want in it. You can, you, can, you can change the values and the random and all that stuff. 
Uh, but the big thing that this lineup optimizer allows you to do is it allows you to set custom rules and groups. So what will be defaulted into the Rick Run Good Match Play lineup optimizer is all the rules that you need. So for example, there are eight rules. At most, one of John Rahm, Patrick Reed, Cam Young, Sebastian Munoz, Brooks Kepka, Shane Lowry, Howard Varner III, Eric Van Royen. Why do those names sound familiar? Because those are the names of golfers in groups one and 16. They are adjacent. You only want at most one golfer from these two groups. Because if you have two golfers coming from here or three, you are SOL and you are dead from the time lineups lock. So when this lineup optimizer this year now defaults to have the eight rules written that say, hey, I want to only have one golfer from each one of these groups or at most at most one. You could have zero, obviously, because you can't get one of every single one into your lineups, but at most one. So you can use the optimizer to build as many lineups as you'd like. If you want to add more rules, you can, right? If you want to say, hey, if I have John Rahm, don't play Patrick Cantlay, like whatever else you want, you can, but it's going to default in there for the eight rules that allow you to build optimal lineups. By default, you can adjust anything else that you want. Some of the other rules that you might want pertain to I believe the volatility of this event, this is, um, you know, the depth of the PGA tour, how kind of random match play can be the risk reward aspect of Austin country club, all kind of create chaos. So when you start looking at, and you start filling out your brackets, it's very easy to say, okay, well, John Rahm's coming out of group one and Colin Morikawa is coming out of group two. And Justin Thomas is coming out of six and Scotty Scheffler's coming out of five and just picking all the favorites. And on paper, that looks really easy. But historically, that's been kind of hard to do. So last year, last year, one of the highest-seeded golfers came out of their group. His name was John Rahm. He was the only golfer who owned the group, who had the highest seed in the group that made it out. One out of 16. One out of 16. 2019, 2018, and 2017, five. Every year, five of the top seeds got out of their group. That's it. It's not like you're getting 12 or 13 or 14 of these guys coming out. It's a very small number. The biggest number since they moved to Austin Country Club was 2016, eight. So half of the highest seeds got out. We haven't seen that since the inaugural year at the Dell Technologies match play, the event held at Austin Country Club. So what you really need to do do here is, is embrace the volatility, embrace the randomness, embrace leaving money on the table, build all of your lineups optimally. We'll go group by group here, but this is a huge, it's just, this is a strategy week. It's a weird week. Forget everything you've ever done. Use the Rick Run Good lineup optimizer and just build a bunch of optimal lineups with kind of a bunch of random guys. Think about it though. So what we get, this is, I'm glad that this event runs very similar to uh, the time of year as the NCAA tournament, because what happens at the NCAA tournament, the the March Madness, um, you will get some Cinderella's, right? That will make a run to the Sweet 16, maybe to the Elite Eight. Do the Cinderella's win the golf, win, do they win the golf tournament? Do they win March Madness? Usually not, right? They'll make a deep run. It'll be great. They'll knock out somebody good along the way. And they will fall in the Elite Eight of the Sweet 16. Kind of similar to what you have here. We've seen a lot of awkward guys. Antoine Rosner, like, wins the group, beats Bryson DeChambeau, moves out, all that stuff. Like, Antoine Rosner wasn't going to win 
the the WGC match play. So you generally do get kind of that second tier, third tier golfer, like like someone near the top or the second tier is probably winning this, um, which is which is a fascinating thing to be able to kind of embrace your volatility on. So now that we have that out of the way, let me like we can actually talk about the golfers here. I have some new, uh, well, not new, like brought back from last year and updated tools uh, to help you with match play. So, so what you're going to see on the cheat sheet is 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 generally uh, the normal stuff here, right? You know, you've got your you've got your 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 DK points gained, you've got your recent um, your recent events, you have your history, all that good stuff. I threw in group and seed as well, but there's also a button here for match play record, which is going to allow you to go to, um, this page. And this page is actually free. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. Uh, this one's free right now on, on rickrungood.com. Let me adjust my screen. So this is right on the homepage. If you click match play results, it'll, it'll, it'll take you to this. So I've loaded in all of the results, every single, uh, match that's been played, since they moved this to Austin Country Club in, in, in 2016. And you can start seeing who has really good success. So Kevin Kisner, obviously, we know the match play history. 16-6 and 1 in five years. Louis Ustazen, 13 and 9. You can go through and see when they were bounced, what their seed was in each year, what the score was. You, you could you can mess around with this. All of the data is available to you. So you start using these tools, you start using the golfer profile, and we can just kind of go group by group here. I think that's maybe maybe the best exercise um, uh, to try to figure out who's got the best, best path to victory. Group one, John Rahm, Patrick Reed, Cam Young, Sebastian Munoz. It's easy to advance John Rahm through this. I think he's fairly safe. If you kind of look at what he has done in the past, you're going to see a guy who uh, finished runner-up at this event in 2017 and then uh, last year got into the Elite Eight. He's 10-6 he's and one. You're looking at Patrick Reed, who's really struggled, but people will probably pick for match play purposes. I'm probably out on Reed. Uh, Munoz is kind of interesting because he's a very streaky golfer. The streaky side of things around the match play event is exciting, but I'm probably going here with, with Rom or Cam Young. Cam Young is only $7,000. He's one of the cheaper golfers on the slate. John Rahm, the most expensive golfer uh, on the slate. You know, fading John Rahm, especially when we get later in the week. Oh, which, by the way, I apologize. It has been such a crazy couple of weeks here. Uh, the the There is a live chat on, on Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, not your Wednesday live chat, because this starts on Wednesday. I was so excited to jump into everything that I, I, I forgot to mention that. So um, when we get ownership later in the week, we're going to see... Um, that I think probably fading John Rahm, it's scary, but it's probably going to end up being the right play. And then Cam Young might be your better pivot. Or, you know, there are groups that you can just avoid, right? Like, we're going to find out. That's what's going to be so fascinating during the live chat. We're going to see... Um, some of these groups, these groups of death, which we'll talk about in a second, where just no one's going to play any of them, and having leverage in those spots doesn't doesn't take a lot. Uh, group two: Colin Morikawa, Jason Kokrak, Sergio Garcia, Robert McIntyre. This is uh, a fairly fascinating group. Let me pull up the results. So here's group two, Sergio Garcia, 10-7-1 at this event. He's got by far the most experience. Everybody else, Kokrak, McIntyre, and Colin Morikawa have only played this event once. And Morikawa uh, did not earn a point last year. Didn't earn a point. 0-3, you wonder if um, the the kind of ability to get that that cold putter can really be troublesome in match play for, uh, for Colin Morikawa. So um, I wouldn't mind... 
I, I think the options are going to be, I think a lot of people are going to take Sergio just because he's got the great match play record. Kokrak turning into one of the better putters and still being a weapon with the driver, I think is probably a bit more interesting if you're going to pivot. Group three, bottom right-hand corner here. Victor Hovland, Will Zalatoris, Cameron Tringali, Sepp Straka. Great group, I think, going with um, going with Victor or or Will Zalatoris is going to be great. The $8,600 price tag on Zalatoris is pretty darn good for a guy who's going to give himself so many looks at birdie. I have similar concerns about the putter with Colin Morikawa, um, but that's kind of the entire group, right? I mean, Victor's short game worries me at times. Tringali's been spraying it off the tee, and then Sepp Straka, quite honestly, might be in the best form of all of these guys. So um, the the 63-seed Sepp Straka might be a, a decent long shot to come out of to come out of group three because of the nature of this event um group four i actually love a lot of guys in group four so you've got Cantlay, sung jm seamus power keith mitchell keith mitchell to me is such a great match play option you know he's great off the tee he hasn't lost strokes off the tee since i think june of last year we've seen him get hot we've seen him get streaky that's what you want you want like this really streaky can gain four or five strokes with the putter maybe he starts hitting his his wedge as well and he's stuffing him in there a literal georgia bulldog right you know the bulldog mentality that you got to have around this week i like the ability to catch fire unfortunately Patrick Cantlay's a problem. Patrick Cantlay's got to be the worst match play guy to play against. You know, he's slow. He's deliberate. He never gives you anything emotionally. You're, you never bother him. He can get a hot putter. He's just such a great golfer. So uh, Cantlay is probably just like my in a vacuum pick to win this thing. So it's unfortunate that guys that I think are are, are really great, like Sungjae and Keith Mitchell and Seamus Power, are, are stuck in the group with Patrick Cantlay. The... Um, the other thing would be that um, oh, what did I? What was I thinking about Patrick Cantlay? Oh, C Cantlay did not make it out of his group last year, but there there are like some strokes gain metrics available for this. So actually, if you want to go to um, go to the Holy Grail, and this is a little bit wonky because not every golfer plays every hole, right? You're gonna have a situation where one guy plays uh 14 holes and another match goes all 18 things like that but i can show you we have some strokes gain numbers available so this is last year and again these numbers are a bit wonky right because you have different guys playing a different number of holes brian Harmon lapped the field in strokes gain total last year remember he went on that run where he won like seven consecutive holes off of Bubba Watson. Those guys are in the same group again. He did not even make the final four. He gained 13 strokes to the field. Patrick Cantlay, second in the field in strokes gained total, was a ball-striking fiend. It's a Pete Dye track. He's awesome at Pete Dye courses. Did not make it out of his group. Guy was second in the field in strokes gained total. Did not make it out of his group. Sometimes you just run into a buzzsaw. It's it's a it there's a lot of luck in match play. So again, I'm trying to build why you should be building uh why you should be building in some some volatility. Billy Horschel, who won this event, finished like 12th in strokes gained total. You know, Billy was uh, he gained three strokes on the field. He didn't play all that well. He was a zero on approach. He was a loser around the green. He putted okay. It's just like you run into the right guys at the right time. Not to take anything away from from Billy Horschel because you do what your opponent presents to you, but it's a weird, weird situation that we have this week. Um, group five, which is uh, right here. Okay, this is this is such a tough group. You know, it's Scotty Scheffler, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, Ian Poulter. And I, 
I already saw Scotty's like the second shortest odds, third shortest odds. They've got him at $11,000. I'm very hesitant to pay that, not only for the natural volatility of this event, but Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, outside of the wrong end of the weather draw at the Players' Championship, would have like seven consecutive top 12 finishes. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood is starting to find something, and we've seen him get hot and play well in match play. And then you get the match play killer, Ian Poulter. Then if Scotty Scheffler wins, like if you even get out of this group, you run into, uh, I guess, the Horschel, Peters, Hoagie, Min, Wu, Lee group. That's fine to run into. But like the bottom end of this quad has Hatton and Berger and Cantlay and all the guys that I love from group four. And then if you even get through all that, you might have DJ and Rom and Kepka. Like that group five is probably just a kiss of death. Worst group to, to try to come out of. Now that's probably the group that on, on Tuesday, when we're looking at ownership, we say, wow, all these guys are like 7% owned. Cause no one wants any part of this. You don't have to have much of each to get a little leverage. And you know, one of them's coming out of the group, right? You can guarantee yourself. One of these guys is coming out of this group. We don't know which one it's going to be, but you don't have to have much of any of them uh, to, to really to, to really have some some leg up on the field. Group six: Justin Thomas, Kevin Kisner, Mark Leishman, Luke List. I um, I JT is so good right now. You know, it, like it, it's actually kind of unfortunate that this is a match play event because it's probably not going to show really like his true. Uh, you know, how, how good he could possibly be because there is just a lot of luck in it. But but the, the wins are coming for JT, and they're coming in bunches, and he's lurking. You know that Kisner is, is always going to be a tough out in match play. Um, I, I still wouldn't even mind Luke List here, right? Like, Luke List is mini JT. He doesn't putt as well as JT, believe it or not, but he can, and he doesn't strike it as well, but he's kind of your ball striker team, no putt. Uh, if he rolls the rock, if he gets a little bit lucky, maybe he comes out of, of group six. Seven, Xander, Tony Finau, Lucas Herbert, Takumi Kanaya. I'm pretty happy with taking a non-Xander route here. I, I love Xander's game. I think what we've seen from him historically at the match play is, is, is really indicative of what you're probably going to get a lot from Xander in match play situations. So if we use the tool here, we've seen he's played this three times. He's four, four, and one, and he's never made it out of his group. Uh, he's been good. Right, he he got what's that? A couple of points in 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 twenty twenty one. A couple of points, you know, one point twenty twenty one. He got a point and a half in twenty nineteen, and he got two points in twenty eighteen. And he doesn't make it out of the group in any of them. And and that's kind of the issue with Xander in this format. He's his floor is so high. So he's going to like always be around. He's never going to play himself out of a hole or a match. But I'm not sure he has the ceiling really to run off set like seven wins, which is what you're going to have to do. So I'm happy to kind of fade Xander here. Um, and because Finau hasn't played all that well, and he's a putting, he's a putting liability. The Lucas Herbert to Kumi Kanaya bottom of this range at 6,100 and $6,000. Fascinating. Fascinating. Would you be surprised to see Lucas Herbert come out of this group? I personally would not. I'd be a little bit more surprised to see Takumi Kanaya come out, but we've seen, Guys of similar ilk and OWGR and resume come out of groups like this, and you've got a couple of stars at the top that either lack ceiling or lack recent form and don't necessarily always fit match play all that well. So that's group seven. Group eight. Boy, lots of question marks here. Dustin Johnson, Max Homa, Matthew Wolf, Mackenzie Hughes. Uh, I love 
the way Hughes sets up for this, right? So there is, in match play, often you get first in wins. And that's Mackenzie Hughes's game, right? It's the short game, it's the putter, it's roll the rock, it's put a lot of pressure on your opponent. And we saw that, right? He won, he won his group last year. Mackenzie Hughes comes out of his own group. He gets knocked out in the Sweet 16. But, you know, you start to, you, you start to look around, a 48-seed Mackenzie Hughes last year winning his group uh, and then going 2-1 and one in the Sweet, or losing 2-1 and one in the Sweet 16, like, that's a pretty darn good performance. And, and he's got that style of golf that works well in match play, especially when you've got questions around Wolf. You have questions around Dustin Johnson. I guess Homa would be a pretty good option, too. So I think you'll see, I think you'll see a lot of trendy Homa selections out of Group 8. Group 9. That is right here. So the winner of Group 8 will play Group 9, and there could not be more question marks here, right? I mean, Bryson DeChambeau teeing it up for the first time since uh, he withdrew at the Saudi International. Uh, which was early February, so it's been like six weeks, and we don't know the status of his game. And for someone to come back at an event that is going to ask you to play seven rounds, seven matches, if you go deep into it, uh, that seems like a weird place to come back to me. Uh, so I think the popular pick, and and maybe the correct one, would be Taylor Gooch. Gooch got wiped here last year. Gooch gets wiped by, um, uh, he goes 0-3, but I think he's blossomed into a much better golfer this time around. He's, his ball striking ability to give him enough looks. I, I, I like Gooch out of Group 9. He'll probably be popular. Lee Westwood and Richard Bland round out that group. Group 10, this is another tough one. Louis Ustazen, Paul Casey, Corey Connors, Alex Noren. I I cannot tell you how much I love Noren here. I wish it was a better draw. Having a draw against Louis, who's a great match play player, awesome putter. Having a draw against then Casey and Corey Connors, who are two of the better ball strikers that we have on the PGA Tour. My God, this is probably the worst draw for Alex Noren. But when I get like a 65 to 1 or something like that on him, I'll bet that to win the whole thing. 7,800 bucks. We've seen him... Again, you know, we've been riding him the last couple of weeks. The the gains that he has seen on approach are awesome. And he's also a grinder who can putt well. First in wins, oftentimes in match play. You look at his record, three trips, he's 12 and three. 12 points in three years. That's insane. How insane is that? Well, if you sort the entire field by the total number of points that they have earned at this event since 2016, it's Kisner, it's Louie, it's Bubba, it's Sergio. They've all played this five times. Norin's next. He's played it three times. DJ has as many points as Alex Norin in twice as many trips. Norin is a killer in this event, and he's probably playing better now than he was entering any of those other ones. Sucks that he has a bad draw here. Sucks that he has a bad draw. Group 11. Boy, really hard. Spieth is uh, the, the headliner here with Adam Scott, Justin Rose, and Keegan Bradley. The volatility of Jordan Spieth is kind of exciting in match play, right? He's going he's gonna to be in Texas, and he's going to go, and he's just going to magic this thing up. Uh, I think the probably better play is an $8,100 Adam Scott, who has given himself so many opportunities over the past couple of weeks. He's not going to necessarily be... Fly like The guy's been in so many huge match play positions um, for 20 years. I think the, the objective play is probably Adam Scott, but I could be convinced on a lot of those different golfers. Uh, group 12, we've got Billy Horschel, 
Thomas Peters, Tom Hoagie, Minwoo Lee. The popular option will be Tom Hoagie. You know, Billy Horschel is your defending champion. Um, they're all the other three guys are fairly cheap options, all under sixty-eight hundred dollars. Hoagie, who's already a winner this year, and the flusher, he's going to be your popular option. I'm fine with any of these guys. I, I'm going to look at the leverage situations that we have on Tuesday. I don't even mind going to Minwoo. Um, who can get it going? Who can get it hot at times? That that group twelve is probably going to be an ownership situation. Group 13 is another tough one. Terrell Hatton, Daniel Berger, Siwoo Kim, Christian Bizet. No, this could be a fairly unpopular group. Um, you could probably take Hatton here and be pretty comfortable with it. Daniel Berger's match play record, or at least at this event, is not good. You start scrolling through, or if you sort by, you know, zero points, you're going to find Berger's played this four times, and he's three and nine, which is a little bit concerning. You'd think that over 12 matches, you you would have kind of figured that out. Let's see what he did. Um, see, here's kind of the interesting thing. Again, he didn't make it out of the group stage last year. He was fifth in strokes gain total. So maybe he's just been unlucky. Maybe he's just been unlucky. Siwoo Kim and, and, and Christian Bezadenhout aren't as exciting for me. I that, that might be a tough group to pick somebody out of. I might be avoiding that group. Or maybe you just go Berger and hope his luck turns around. Group number 14. Very interesting. Joaquin Neiman. Fresh off a win recently. Kevin Na, who again, first in win, putter situation's great. Russell Henley, who's going to give himself a ton of looks. And then Matt McNeely just gets into this thing. And McNeely's kind of like, I could see the style of, of McNeely's game working. He's got a high enough floor, but he's just crazy enough to pull something like this off. And he's only 6200 bucks. This is a really good group. I think it'll be a popular one. And not necessarily because everyone is going to play one guy, but you have a... Uh, Mad McNeely that offers you a lot of salary cap relief. People are, will like to play Russell Henley because he's because he's such a great ball striker. But for only seven hundred bucks more, you can go to Joaquin Neiman, who's kind of in a different class. So this that, that's going to be a popular one. I have a lot of exposure to Group fourteen, uh, especially because if you get out of fourteen, you are you know you're running into Group three, which we've got short game questions about. Uh, if you get through that, you're getting through the winners of 6 and 11, which could be, you know, if JT gets bounced, that side is wide open as well. It, it, it's it's kind of a good corner of the bracket to come from, that that 14 there. Uh, group 15, which is here, up, up top with group 2, Abe Answer, Webb Simpson, Brian Harmon, Bubba Watson. Boy, um, they're all under $8,000, which is uh, I find fascinating. It's so hard to play Abe Answer here, isn't it? You know, Abe Answer has just... Uh, he's been playing fine. It's not been great. Harmon and Watson at this event are a combined something fairly outrageous. Bubba's 11, seven and three and Harmon is five, three and one. So that's 16, 10 and four combined. And then you get Webb Simpson, who's kind of this wild card at the moment. If he's healthy, he could be a lot more dangerous. It's real. It's just really hard to love Abe Answer's draw here. And then finally, Group 16, the group that will eventually have to match up with John Rahm, Kepka, Shane Lowry, Howard, Harold Varner III, Eric Van Royen. I think the popular option would be Shane Lowry because people are still slow to trust Kepka. Lowry's got decent rider um, match play results. But if you look at what Kepka's done, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised at how good he's been at this event. Let me just confirm this. So he's six, five and one, and that is never even, Oh, I'm sorry. He did get out of his group once that was in 2019. He went to the final four um, and finished third. 
or no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I miss I misread that. That's my apologies. Let me let me try this again. He is six five and one. He has made it out of his group in two of three trips. 2019 was the last time he played this. He did not make it out of his group. My bad. I, I misread that. I've got new tools this week. I'm excited. I'm gonna I I, I misread something. So um Kepka again, high ceiling, right? That's that's kind of what you want here. Mono Imano. I I I really I really like Kepka out of 16. Um, and then if he gets through 16 and Rom doesn't get through one, first of all, if we get a Rom Kepka match in, in the Sweet 16, that'd be amazing. But but as we know, it's very easy for the headliner to not get out. So if Kepka gets out and Rom doesn't, the path for him to get to the championship or at least to the final four is fairly wide open because that not groups eight and nine over here on the left, which is what the winners of one and 16 would eventually run into. There's some good players, but the big names are huge questions. Wolf and DJ and Bryson. And then you get like Hughes and, and Westwood and Blant. Like Kepka could make a, if things fall right for Kepka, he can make a very deep run in this thing. So um, that's, that's each group. I'm trying to think what else. I feel like there's so much we need to talk about. We're obviously going to have the live chat on Tuesday. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else here. Before I forget, the uh, prize picks is they already have stuff out for Corrales Punta Cana this week. And I imagine there's going to be some very nice things that we can take advantage of there. And I, I'm under the impression they are going to release match play props. If they release match play props, we're going to smoke them. We're going to absolutely smoke them, okay? If you've been following along with uh, the props, it's been awesome. So just just use the code RICK. There's a link in the description. Go sign up for prize picks right now. Get yourself the 100% instant deposit match. This week's going to go very quick. Be ready to put the plays in because it's going to be awesome stuff. So use the code RICK. We'll, I'll get to more of, of that stuff in, in, in later in the week. I'm going to have a, a bunch of data, and we'll do the scramble on um, – on, on Tuesday and Friday, it's just, it's going to be awesome stuff. So make sure you're signed up for prize picks. I think that'll do it. You know, I'm, I'm so excited about this. I need to calm down, but we'll, we'll obviously do so much more this week. Uh, that match play records tool, it's free on rickrungood.com. It's on the homepage right now. Um, that lineup optimizer is back. So go use that to build your lineups. You'll thank me. I spent years doing them by hand. I can't tell you how bad it is to to have an optimizer that will build the rules uh, already in default for you. Uh, amazing. And yeah, just enjoy it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to start on Wednesday. The live chat is um, Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, that's it. Uh, you, can, you can tweet me at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Best of luck, and I'll talk to you guys soon.